Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ready Gold Standard Podcast. My name is Zach Hernandez, and this evening I am joined by my co-host Matt Llewellyn. Matt, how you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty good. I don't know why I threw up that gang sign right there. It's not really a gang sign, but you know, I couldn't figure out what to do with my hands. So it's good to be back. It's been a while. I feel like I'm a little bit out of the loop. So let's jump right into it and see if I can get my my sea legs. Definitely. It's been a while since it's been just me and you as well. Yeah, uh, Mike has absolutely. got his own show going on over another Niners, but we're here to bring you the 49ers news, preview the 49ers last preseason game of the year against the Houston Texans. And we got a lot of fun stories to discuss as well. We got a great show planned for you guys. What stuck out to you the most? I'm not sure how much of the game you're able to watch, but. Yeah, I mean, um, Drake Jackson looked really good. He looked like he was all over the field. Um, what stuck out to me the most, though, was Javon Kinlaw being healthy and and making noise. Um, it's kind of to be expected against the caliber of opponent they were playing. I think that it's, you know, you got to be careful what you take away f- from this particular preseason game, given that we have another one coming up. So we knew that a bunch of start, I think it was 27 players on each team didn't suit up. So this was really like scrub bowl. You know, it, it was a bunch of scrubs and a bunch of, you know, practice squad players up against practice squad players with the ex- exception of of rookies. And, you know, a couple of guys like Kinlaw who were trying to round back into shape um, after injury. And when you got a guy who went in the first round like Kinlaw did that the 49ers, you know, have a lot of stock in, you're hoping that he shows up and shows out against worse caliber players. And that's exactly what he did. He looked pretty dominant. So that was good to see. Um, beyond that, I mean, you know, it, it is what it is that these, these weird second preseason games, and it's really weird now, um, the way they have it scheduled for the 49ers, uh, three games and what is it? 17 days or something like that. Just something wild like that. Um, it, it doesn't give them a chance to really ramp up that that's what this game is going to be for. This is going to be the dress rehearsal because after this, they don't have a they have nothing until the regular season starts. So this is where I expect a lot of, you know, a lot of the good players, the starters to to be in there if they're healthy. So I know we previously discussed this in our in our group chat, but to me, 
it makes more sense to play the starters the majority the first half the second week and then rest them the third week. Um, I know um, I forget Stuart might have been going at it with me. I'm not going at it, but explaining his reasoning. What do you make of that? Because now it's different with the three preseason games out of four. Right. Why why sit week two and play week three? I would think you'd want the longer rest after week two. I mean, the season starts September 11th, right? Uh-huh. So now you're looking at, you know, after this Thursday game, which will be August 25th. I mean, you're looking at a two-week break. So you have to skirt that line between, okay, get the starters rest and ready for week one versus, okay, now they haven't played in forever. And, you know, what are you supposed to do? Um, I think a lot of that goes into some of the struggles that even like, you know, Trey Lance might be having in practice this week. Um, he hasn't had a good set of practices, but before this, he hadn't thrown a football in like five days. So I think that, you know, rhythm is very important as is rest, but you know, you can get a little out of sorts if you're resting too long. So for me, it's particularly because of this, it was, uh, you know, a week in between the first two games and then you get five days in between this, this is your dress rehearsal, the third game is always the dress rehearsal game, right? Even in the past, if there was a fourth game, then they would sit out. This is the natural dress rehearsal game, and I think that it stays as such, even though there's no other games in between. Okay. I, I mean, I understand that. Um, so before we get into this week's game, yeah, I, I, I mean, think- and, and just think about it from this too, because you're, you know, um, they just played on Saturday. Saturday was what, the 19th? True. The 19th. So you're talking about almost a month with no football games. And then you want them to go for four quarters in week one. That's that's I, I think where where that comes in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That does make sense. So just kind of the closeness of these two games. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of fans, myself included, uh, Dion joined me on the 49ers Vikings post game show, and we're I don't want to say skeptical down and out, but maybe disappointed in what we saw from Trey Sermon. Um, I know. You weren't on that show. I just wanted to see if your thoughts, because I've seen people say, cut Trey Sermon, keep Jordan Mason. Have you had any chance to look at that kind of dynamic? No, and I think that, again, this is one of those things where you have to be careful because, I mean, where was the starting offensive line? It's really hard to judge running backs when you got dudes that can't block back there. You know, and you'll see Mason, yeah, he got some run and stuff, but, like, Again, as you progress further down the line, the talent starts to match more. So now you're looking at Jordan Mason against the third and fourth stringers guys who are fringe roster guys. And yeah, it's possible to look good because you're not playing against even the second stringers are going to make those fringe roster guys look pretty bad. So, you know, I, I think it's a critical year for him. I think that he needs a lot of work. I think that he needs to step up. Because with uh, Ty Davis Price and you still have Jeff Wilson Jr. and you have Elijah Mitchell, who's going to be ready for week one, carries are going to get real thin in that backfield. And if you're not making an impact, you're not going to get the ball. So there will be some opportunities. I think Kyle wants to spread this around a whole lot more to keep guys healthy. Um, but it, yeah, it, it's it's a little concerning. He he definitely has some work to do, but I'm not ready to write him off just yet. Okay, I hear you. Yeah, um, that was what I was saying. I know I was a little annoyed uh, Saturday evening with Dion, but it it is a great point. The starting offensive line wasn't in there, and 
there weren't too many holes. I mean, I, I went over kind of what I saw every care from Trey Sermon. There's not much room for him to run, even if he could. So I, I wouldn't write him off right. just yet. I have an article here from Grant Cohn stating why the 49ers should keep Jordan Mason instead of Trey Sermon. He basically just lists each of their runs and what he goes. And his synopsis was Trey Sermon's consistently getting pushed backwards instead of Jordan, uh, Jordan Mason, who's pushing forward. I mean, there's always the preseason studs that get cut. So right. I wouldn't read too much into it. Right. All right. Um, moving on. There's a pretty interesting quote here from John Lynch regarding Jimmy Garoppolo. We're not going to stay much on Jimmy Garoppolo. I know all of you guys are as sick of it as we are. Um, but he was on, I believe, KNBR, and they asked him, at what point do we just get to where we you guys cut Jimmy Garoppolo instead of trying to hope a trade works out? And, um, you know, Kyle Shanahan recently said, that any scenario is possible. Well, John Lynch said, quote, yeah, you know, I think we're getting pretty damn close. Um, he responded on the Tolbert and Copes show, quote, from the beginning, I think our take has been that Jimmy's a good player. He's a starting quarterback all day long in this league. And I think proven to be a really good one. Just look at the record. Look where he's taken us. And so with guys like that, you don't just give it away. And I think there's been some complications that have been chronicled with his injury and the news the good news is that he's kind of come out of that and no one's really presented something that would make us jump as to now. So I think the options, not much has changed. The options are open, but like always having some sort of deadline tends to force action on these things and we'll see. And if not, I think everything's open. I'm just proud of Jimmy that he's handled it so well. Like he has so many situations when he's been 49er. Here's the other thing that I do know is that we really have a great foundation of relationship. So whatever happens, I just... I've told him this, that I hope for the best for everyone. If he leaves, we'll always be grateful for what he brought here. And if he's a part of us, we'll forge ahead knowing we've got a really good player. This is the first time I've ever heard any 49ers, you know, GM head coach said, we're getting pretty damn close to a point where we might just cut the guy. Yeah. Because there's nothing out there for him. There's nothing out there for him. And they're holding on to him um, until closer to the season because we all know it's going to happen, right? Jimmy's going to get cut and he's going to get swooped by Seattle immediately. And they're going to want him to start and he's going to need time to, to learn that playbook. So if you go right up into the point of final cut down days, maybe in a week, or you wait until I think they can wait until the day before the first game. Right. And then you play Seattle week two for your home opener. And so even if you cut Jimmy right before week one and he's going to play, he has no time to learn the playbook. It's like a competitive advantage thing. Um, again, I think there are still some hangers on that think he's going to stay on the team, but he's not practicing with the team. He doesn't have a playbook. He's not traveling with the team. He's he's gone. I mean, the, everybody knows it. Everybody's going to stall out the 49ers. And I think that there might be a slight bidding war for Jimmy on the free agent market because they know that the 49ers are – kind of behind the eight ball. They have no leverage. They have, you know, it's no secret that they're going to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. So now it's just, do we wait them out and not give them anything and hope that we can outbid somebody or, you know, or what? And I think that's what, I think that's what's going on. Leonardo Cruz says, I hope the Giants swipe number 10 up before the Seahawks. Daniel Jones is throwing 77% in preseason. So I doubt that's going to happen. 
They should, though. They really should. Um, yeah, it, it's been an interesting strategy, obviously. I don't think any of us are. I know for a fact I didn't think we'd be sitting here August 23rd and Jimmy Garoppolo would still be a topic of our shows. He would still be on the 49ers roster. Um, it's unfortunate the way this played out. I think John Lynch kind of said it best where he talked about there's been some injuries with or excuse me, some problems with his injury that kind of messed things up. Um, but he yeah. is healthy. Just cut the man, you know, just just cut him. Um, I saw some people talking on Twitter that the 49ers are in the wrong here for keeping him this long in hopes that he can't learn a playbook. That's just the business. I mean, I'm not mad at the Niners yeah, for going about it this way. Yeah, so it is what it is. But I just thought that's that was interesting because yeah. I haven't seen um, anyone high up from the 49ers saying, we're almost at the point where we're going to cut him, basically hinting that unless something drastic happens, he's going to get released. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's easy for people to say, too, for holding on to him or whatever. But, you know, all the 49ers have to do is be like, look, we gave Don Yee and Jimmy the opportunity to find a trade, and they're not bringing us anything. And we're holding out hope that we can at least get something here. So, yeah. All right. Um, got some quotes here from Kyle Shanahan's press conference today. I wanted to get your thoughts on. Real quick, I want to answer this question. Somebody asked me specifically, will Jimmy Ward be ready for week one? Sick of these secondary injuries already. Them signing to Sean Gibson today is indication that he will not be ready by week one. I'm thinking like week three or four. Unfortunately. Um, Hamstrings are hard to come back from, and his is apparently pretty serious. Yeah. And he's on the wrong side of 30 now. So, yeah. um, so rookie Jason Poe has been starting to split reps with the ones with Aaron Banks. Um, and Kyle Shannon was asked about it asked if there's anything that Aaron Banks, uh, anything to do with Aaron Banks, or is that just consciously that you've seen? So sorry, this question is worded really weirdly. Um, whether that's something to do with Banks or something that they want to see with from Poe. Um, and Kyle Shanahan just straight up said, no, did he split it in the game? They said, just in practice. And then Kyle Shanahan basically said, oh, well, the offensive line coach rotates those guys in there. I don't watch it like that. What do you make of that? Because I think that there's something there if Jason Poe is getting reps with the ones. Do you, do you really think that that's just how the offensive line coach handles things? Um, I mean, it, it could be. I think it's, you know, uh, when when was the practice that he was splitting reps? Apparently today. Today? Who knows, you know? Who knows? Maybe they want us to get a different look. Maybe there's, you know, some chemistry issues. We don't we don't know yet. I, all I know is that I haven't been impressed with too many of the, you know, 49ers interior offensive lineman pickups besides, you know, Burford's apparently legit, according to Trent Williams, and I believe him. So beyond that, I mean, you know, I don't I don't know enough. I, I would I was a big time West fan and doesn't, doesn't look like he's doing anything. So, yeah. Well, speaking of Trent Williams, he also raved about Jason Poe. Um, so this is a guy who might be able to get into the starting lineup and earn his spot. Um, but this is per, I believe, 49ers web zone. And they're talking about, I was trying to get the article, uh, the artist, excuse me, author, Kirk Larrabee. Um, he wrote about Trump Williams raving about Jason Poe. And the quote is, I can't speak for him to say whether he felt like he belonged Williams said of Poe on Tuesday, he always looked like he belonged. The confidence he plays with, with his attributes, the low center of gravity, his natural leverage. He's as strong as an ox and he's quick as a cat. So having those attributes to me, I would assume he knows where he belongs. 
Williams seems skeptical about Poe's listed height when it was mentioned on Tuesday. Is he actually 6'1"? Williams asked with a quizzical look. He wasn't sure if Mercer considered himself considered himself a college university. Um, I didn't know. Eh, that has nothing to do with the quote. But when you're getting praise from Trent Williams, I think that speaks to your progress because uh, Jason Poe came in here, definitely as an undrafted free agent. It looks like he's able to make the roster and possibly crack the starting lineup. Uh, you talked about West, you were really excited about, but it looks like Poe might be the one. So just wanted to throw that out there before we move on because yeah. we definitely need all the offensive line help we can get. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Absolutely. It's again, that was that position that I was really worried about. It was, hey, let's throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks. And it's a pretty slippery situation so far. Aside from Spencer Burford, which you talked about, who has looked good. Um, got some questions here in the comments. Uh, Leonardo says, I hope Banks doesn't turn into a wasted second-round pick. We need to see something. We do. Unfortunately, a lot of a lot of second-round picks turn out to be wasted. That's yeah. just the nature of the NFL. Yep. Put pressure on Banks and Sermon. I agree. Uh, Bolts Nation 88. Matt, what's your prediction on Bosa's taxes here? I got him at 21. Hmm. I'm going to say... Man, that's a good one. 17 games. I'm going to say 20 and a half. 20 and a half. I think he's going to get, I think he's going to do more than he did last year. And I think that's going to be because he's going to benefit from Javon Kinlaw being back in wrecking shop versus, you know, Drake Jackson on the other end. It's going to give defense or offenses something to think about. And, you know, with that being the case, I think that, you know, Bosa is going to get more looks. And, and I think that, you know, with it's year four for Bosa, year three actually being on the field because of the ACL injury in 2020. Um, I think that he's going to start getting some of those superstar calls. I think that offensive linemen are not going to be able to hold him the way that they used to, and he's going to get the benefit. And and without them being to do, you know, being able to do that, his tech, his hand technique is so good that he's just going to pick up, you know, a lot of sacks. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, you know, Leonardo Cruz. Leonardo Cruz says I'm hoping Bosa breaks the sack record. I do too. That'd be sweet, yeah. and he has potential to do it. I just didn't want to be such like a such a homer for him yeah. that I was like, he's going to break the sack record. But that record's going down. It's 17. He was close. Now. Yeah, he was close. Um, Joey, he has that dog in him. Trent Williams on Poe. Mike somewhere is punching the air because he hates that that term. Uh, David Young shirt is fire, Zach. Thank you. This is actually on our merch site. So um, it's a new link. It's 49ershiveshop.com instead of shop. I have long story, but 49ershiveshop.com. You can grab it. Code RGS1550% off. All right. Moving on. Who are you looking forward to seeing? By the way, sorry, before I just had to say this. Trayvon Diggs was ranked higher than Nick Bosa in this NFL player 100. And to me, I know it's the players ranking them themselves, but it's just such a joke. Trayvon Diggs got beat so many times, and just because he capitalized on interceptions, badly thrown passes, jumping routes, he's thought of as this elite shutdown corner. Anything could be further from the truth. So I just had to get that out there. The 49ers starters. Didn't, they, didn't he say that he, he could lock up Stefan? He did, yeah. That's crazy. That dude gave up like a million yards last year. He had a lot of picks, but Brandon Ayuk had him in a spin cycle. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm no no shade. I just I don't think he's as elite just because he had a lot of interceptions. Um, 
49ers starters, including Trey Lance, will play the entire first half Thursday night against the Texans per Kyle Shanahan, Matt. Aside from Trey Lance, because I think we're all eager to see him, who are you most excited to watch? I want to see just the starters. I feel like most of the starters should play. You know, people like Kittle need to get in there and get some game action. I don't know. Do we know if Trent Williams is playing? He probably will. He said the starters, so... Yeah, so I'm thinking most of the starters who are healthy are going to play because you get you got to get in there and actually have some game reps, right? There's one thing to do it in practice, and even if you're being physical in practice, and even if you're doing the move the ball drills or whatever, getting a quarter or two under your belt is going to be really important for them to kind of build those calluses for the season. So I'm actually really excited um, to see what the offensive line looks like with with uh, with Trent Williams on there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I agree Um, because it's only going to get better once they start gelling, once they have some snaps together. And when you have Trent Williams on your side, anything is going to look a lot better. Um, Speaking of the offensive line, though, we have some bad news for Mike McGlinchey. um, And this is the press conference today. Kyle Shanahan was asked, as for Mike McGlinchey, you haven't given a set time on when he will return, what his status, and is there a chance he could miss regular season games? Kyle said, I think there's a chance because they haven't told me 100% for sure, but they're pretty optimistic about it. We took it real slow with him, and then he had that setback in the game. It wasn't the exact same injury, but it was still on the same leg, so we wanted to take it slow with him, and we rested him last week. We're going to rest him this week as well, and we'll see next week. Staple gets in the way. We'll ramp him up next week and see where the pain tolerance is. Is this concerning to you, Matt? It is a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that's a serious injury that he went through and, you know, already irritating it. I mean, that doesn't that kind of speak to what Javon Kinlaw went through last year? It always seemed like, oh, his knee is bothering him. Oh, his knee is bothering him. And then that turned into, okay, well, he's going to get another another procedure done to kind of fix it. So this could be this definitely could be a lost year for Mike McGlinchey, which would be unfortunate in the fact that he wouldn't be here to help the 49ers um, and it's a contract year for him. So it really hurts his value, him not being able to stay out on the field. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. You know, he's a tough guy. Um, he said actually on that, in that interview that he did with uh, um, uh, Brad Graham, Brad, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Brad Graham, that he had been playing with discomfort before the injury actually happened for like weeks. So we know he's a tough guy, but this is something that you, you can't mess with the quad. You know, it, yeah. it's a serious injury. And, you know, I, I, I just don't, it's not good. Not good for a line that really needs those anchors. It's tough. Um, the 49ers kind of, I don't want to say made their bed, but they made adjustments elsewhere i think they were counting on mcglinchy to be back and ready by now um hopefully he doesn't miss any of the regular season but if so hopefully not much um we talked about i asked you who you're most excited to keep an eye on i'm excited to check out this starting secondary obviously without jimmy ward he's not going to be ready yet but there's been reports that ambry thomas isn't maybe a lock to make the roster which i thought was pretty interesting because I thought he played progressively better towards the end of the season last year. Um, But Kyle Shannon was asked about him. And the question was, I realize that Ambry Thomas has been kind of banged up. doesn't seem like he's taken that next step. Like maybe Diamador Lenore has this training camp. What's Ambry's situation? And what would you like to see more from him? And Kyle said, I just want to see him battle to make the team. 
The same with Demo, same with all these guys. After our two starting guys, we got some guys really competing, and that could go any way. I know Ambry wants to get out there and compete, but unfortunately he hasn't been healthy. He tried as hard he could to go last week. He definitely couldn't, and that's pretty obvious because he hasn't been able to go this week too. So we'll hold out hope that he can get a chance versus Houston, but unfortunately he has been hurt by now. right now. Excuse me. Um, it's tough. Do you think that there's a real likelihood that he doesn't make the team after the amount that we saw him play last week, year? Excuse me. I thought that that would be somewhat of a lock, but apparently it's not. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's tough, man. It's tough. You know, you, you expect growth, you expect progression, and it's just not there. I mean, what do you think? Like, I I still am where do, you think towards, it's, where do you think it's gone wrong? Apparently, Kyle Shannon was hoping to see more, and I, I maybe I missed the reports. I didn't know Diameter Lenore had a great camp. I didn't know that there yeah. was progress there that he was looking to see from Ambry Thomas that he hasn't. Um, but like I said, I thought he got better as the year went on last year. I did too, and he was like my guy from Michigan, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I, I know I messaged you guys that Diamador Lenore had some, like, serious, serious, like, personal yeah. issues last year that probably, I mean, I mean, with what was reported, definitely affected his play. Um, I just don't get the Ambry Thomas thing unless you're just looking at, like, a sophomore slump. Yeah. But I don't think that they're going to cut him. Uh, year two on a third rounder is not typically where you cut somebody unless they're just horrific. And I just, I, I don't think he can be that bad. Right. I don't think so. I think I saw reports speculating that um, because Samuel Womack has kind of emerged and they really like, um, gosh, there's a, is it Quantrez Knight? as an undrafted free agent that therefore Ambry Thomas's roster spot could be in jeopardy. I like Samuel Womack. I he would still keep Ambry Thomas over Quantrez Knight and Kadar Holman. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's a, it's a little bit of speculation at this point. I still think yeah. he likely makes the roster, but I just thought it was interesting that that's kind of being put out there by the head coach. Nice to hear that. Um, Demo's making improvements, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were so high on him coming out of camp last year, right? Like, it was like he was the guy that we were. We thought, okay, we hit on this guy in the draft. Um, it's just, you know, it's weird, the Ambry Thomas thing. I just don't, I don't know. But, I mean, maybe they were right all along, and it was Yamato Lenore from the start, and you just, you have to take into account everything that he went through. Yeah. I'm going to pull up. Um, an article here that I finally found because I'm like, I had it somewhere uh, from my guy, Jose Sanchez, who discusses why it's looking bleak at this point for Ambry Thomas to make the final roster. Um, he says, time to hit the panic button for Ambry Thomas. The second year cornerback who started multiple games for the 49ers during the playoff run is in danger of missing the final roster cuts. Thomas has struggled throughout training camp. And now that he is nursing an injury, his chances to make case to be retained or diminishing Kyle Shanahan possibly foreshadowed that Thomas making the team is unlikely. This is the quote that I just read. Um, it doesn't sound like barring a magical recovery. Thomas will be able to go in time against Houston on Thursday. He needs that game to showcase something, literally anything to convince Shanahan to keep him aboard. doesn't sound like Shanahan wants Thomas to miss the cuts, but his health and also lackluster performance is forcing his hand. 
Thomas is also being hurt by the admirable performances of Diamador Lenore and Samuel Womack third. While these two heavily involved as are heavily involved as nickel corners, the 49ers will only keep so many cornerbacks. Thomas is looking more and more like the odd man out. Cutting him would be understandable by the 49ers. He's simply not available. And when he has been, he just hasn't done enough to make a convincing argument to make it. The fact that other plays have looked sweet is just making him expendable. Um, shout out to Jose Sanchez, but I just thought it was interesting. Um, I haven't seen anyone else kind of speculate that he's going to be not not make it, not make it to the fifty three. So, I, I mean, it's yeah, that's also a byproduct of it being you know camp season, and everybody's exactly. out there. Everybody's like, w- once you get down to it, I mean, the 49ers just had to trim the roster to eighty today. There's that means there's still twenty seven players that need to be cut by next week. Um, that's a lot of people. And so you start looking at, okay, maybe who's underperforming or whatever, but it's really, you know, it's really a situation where the guys that you don't think are doing well, Shanahan typically like, like Trey Sermon, the perfect example after the first preseason game where he was like, I thought, I thought Trey Sermon did a lot of good things. Well, and you're just like, I don't know what you were looking at, bro, but it didn't look like it. But, but again, we just don't know. We're not in the building every day. And so everything is so speculative. Yeah. And so it's hard to, you know, we're all just making things up. Yeah, we definitely are. It's all speculation um, until we see otherwise. Uh, Callie says, how is Ambry fighting for a roster spot? But Sermon could make it makes no sense. I mean, yeah, like Matt said, there's stuff going on behind the scenes that we don't see, obviously. And clearly Kyle Shanahan has different opinions on these guys. Bolts Nation, I don't see Nick Bosa playing against the Texans. Maybe a drive or two, but yeah, you're probably right. He probably doesn't play. All right. Um, Also, I'm excited to see more of Drake Jackson this Thursday night because the guy has balled out every chance he got. Um, Did you get to watch any of the game? I know you were at a baseball game, but did you get to catch any, Matt? I want so I bought that so I got the new um, NFL Plus thing so that you could rewatch some of it. So I kind of did like the condensed version just to see a lot of the you know a lot of the plays. Again, I'm I don't get too excited about that stuff. You know, like some players look good, other players, yeah, you know, maybe not so good. But again, you have to look at level of competition. The things that I want to do is like, I haven't had a chance, but I'd really like to go back through the coach's film because you get the all 22 with it, I guess. You get the coach's film. And I'd really like to pick out a player like Drake Jackson, for example. And I want to watch his reps and I want to see how he does on each rep. Is it consistent? Is he doing the right things? Is he, you know, how's his technique look? How fast is he getting off the ball? Stuff like that. You know, a little more micro look um, into the situation before I can really make a determination on, on if I think they're doing well. Because, again, like I said with Javon Kinlaw, when you get the frontline starters in there against, like, third stringers, they absolutely should dominate. You know, if, if Kinlaw went out there and was getting, you know, pancaked, I'd be definitely worried. But, you know, when when the expected happens, it's really hard at, at a bird's eye view, at a, you know, at a... 50,000 foot view to really take a look and say, Oh, he, he does this really well, or he, you know, he played really well in this regard. You got to get in there and really study each individual play and see what reps did well. So I hear you. Um, I, I like what I'm seeing from the kid. I think he's played very well in both preseason games. It's the like 
physical ability that I'm really impressed by his ability to stomp on a dime, changes his whole entire body motion going another way, getting the arms up, batting the ball. I mean, one of the interceptions was due to him kind of putting pressure on um, Kendall. Is it Kendall Mond or whatever his name is? Kellen Mond. Kellen yeah. Mond. Yeah. So I'm really nice excited. See Odom get a pick. Yes. Yes. Good. Finally. Yeah. Um, so, Robert Sala, or no, excuse me, Robert Sala, D'Amico Ryans was asked about Drake Jackson, and he basically said that he earned his right to rush the passer because he plays the run well, and he has so far. Um, he says, we always tell our guys, you have to earn the right to rush the passer, and you earn the run, right to rush the passer by stopping the run. So you've got to pay the price, and he's done that. I thought that was very interesting to hear from D'Amico Ryan seems like he's already impressed with the second round pick at a USC. So I'm excited to see where this guy can go. We we're talking about Nick Bosa earlier in the show. Drake Jass is going to make Nick Bosa look even better. Um, I've said it a couple of times. Hopefully he turns into what the 49ers expected D Ford to be long-term. Um, Cause if so, I'm excited, man. Um, did you happen to see the NFL.com's top defenses ranked? Um, I saw, man, I saw throughout like the top 100 or are you talking about individual team defenses? Yeah. Yeah. Team defenses. No, I haven't seen that yet. Okay. I'm going to pull it up for you and we can go over. Um, you guys will be surprised where the 49ers land. I think surprise in a good way. This is from Adam shine, I believe. And would you look at that? Number one, San Francisco 49ers. So I'm going to read He's his still little... making up for when he thought we were going to go 3-13. and 13. Oh, no, no, no. Adam Rank. Never yeah. mind. Never <laughs> mind. Adam Shine does the Shine 9 every week. Yes, yes. He says, Nick Bosa, who received my vote for first-team All-Pro last season, is a beast. In 35 career games, he's compiled 24.5 sacks, including 15.5 in 2021. Good for fourth in the NFL. He anchors a superb front seven, which welcomes Eric Armstead back into the fold after he missed some time with a knee injury in camp. And watch out for Javon Kinlaw, whom head coach Kyle Shanahan says seems more like himself after having ACL surgery last fall. Fred Warner is a special player, earning the fourth best defensive grade from pro football focus among linebackers last season. He's led the team in tackles each of his four seasons thus far, surpassed in that category by only three players, Bobby Wagner, Shaq Leonard, and Rokon Smith since he joined the NFL in 2018. Charverius Ward joins the defensive backfield that helped San Francisco rank sixth in passing yards allowed last season. In short, the core is legit. D'Amico Ryans picked up the defensive coordinator torch last season uh, when Robert Sala left to coach the Jets, and the brilliant Ryans didn't miss a beat, pushing the defense to its third consecutive top five finish in yards allowed. When you combine the talent on the field with Ryans' smarts, you have a potent combo worthy of the number one position here. That's mm. very kind words. I honestly was expecting Buffalo to be ranked number one, but apparently Shine feels the 49ers. Do you agree? I mean, I think they're going to be a top five unit easily. Um, it's I like the way that he's breaking it down. I like the love shown to D'Amico Ryans and, and how he's improved. And, you know, it, I feel like the first couple of weeks of last year, we were looking at D'Amico Ryans and it's like, oh, man, I don't know. And then he was, you know, he, he had turned it around and 
it, the defense kind of gelled and got better as the season went along. Um, I am excited to see more turnovers being forced. And I think that this upgraded secondary can do it. Yeah. And we've seen it this off season. Finally. Yeah, I, I mean, we've heard reports of it too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, I, I think it's funny. I, th- I think it's funny that, you know, it's like Trey Lance through this pick, Trey Lance through that pick. And it's like, I mean, is that all on Trey Lance or is some of that just because his defense is at finally making plays, you know, they're, they're doing a great job. So. I agree. Um, I think that the 49ers defense is legit. And I think that it's going to be even better this year, which is kind of scary to think, to be honest, um, for opposing teams. But like you said, you added Traverius Ward, you draft Drake Jackson, who by all accounts likely would have been a first round pick if USC had just been a little more competent. Um, And they're already solid. They're already really, really good. So I think the interceptions are the last kind of, piece to this puzzle and once those come in this defense will be legendary um hopefully championship worthy because you know the saying championship or defense wins championship so well i mean they uh, listen they can't be legendary unless they win a championship yeah i didn't make them agreed um all right what to expect from trey lance thursday night Uh, playing a whole half of football yeah, um, I'd really, I mean, I expect there's still to be some ups and downs. I would just like to see, um, I would like to see him just show improvement from what we've seen for in week one, you know, where he had a little bit of issues. Um, there were those two passes that were a little off target. I want to see how he progresses with ball placement. I want to see how. He progresses through the offense. Are there different wrinkles that they're putting into the offense? Um, As you get closer, of course, they do a little more install. It becomes a little less vanilla, still pretty vanilla. But, um, yeah, I'd really like to see how he, you know, because he's smart. He I feel like a lot of his mistakes are going to be with ball placement. So how how that goes is going to dictate what we see out of Trey Lance. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see if these deep shots continue is this Danny Gray bomb a real thing or is this like a Trent Shurfield thing that we saw last preseason where once week one hits it we don't see it again um I want to see that deep passing game I want to see um him be accurate like you just said and just make good decisions and please please get down when you're about to get hit um we have a question here from DJ Malone weird question to ask gentlemen if D'Amico were to get and head coaching gig somewhere else, who would be next in line to be DC? I mean, you have to think Coach K at some point. That's the first, yeah, first thought that came to mind. Yeah. Yeah. Let me pull up the 49ers. I mean, it has to be. He's done, I mean, that defensive line is so stacked all the time. Um, you would think it would have to be him. And on the defensive side, too. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to go Coach K. Johnny Holland, possibly, but... I I just think that the track record is there. Yeah. And I, you know, I've heard a lot of things about uh, Daryl Tapp, who is apparently the yeah. assistant defensive line coach. He would probably take Coach K's spot. But I've heard the same. Yeah. Unfortunately, he doesn't go anytime soon, but he was already getting looks last year, so... 
49ers might not have too much longer with him as their DC. What is it about the 49ers that just breed these defensive coordinators? I think that, well, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think that part of it is that maybe Kyle is so good at scheming offense and working against defenses that he recognizes when people actually have talent at what they're doing. So it's kind of like you recognize, you know, he's good. He's good at developing offensive talent too. I mean, obviously we've seen McVay and we've seen, you know, uh, LaFleur and and now, uh, you know, and so you recognize in yourself something. um, And then you recognize your counterpoint as well. So you recognize the yin to your yang. And I think that that's part of it. I think that that's why he can build such a good staff. And I mean, and then everybody networks too. Yeah. So, yeah. Demarcus Dixon says Holland because Kusarek doesn't want to be a defensive coordinator. Well, I don't know if that's something he's previously said. I'd be interested to see him turn down the job here with the Niners because <laughs> he, I know, had some issues elsewhere in his career, but I think he's really enjoying his time here and he's gotten a little bit of fame because everybody knows Coach K. But yeah. Oh, so he said that last season. Well, it'd be interesting to see yeah. if he changes his mind. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Bolts Nation 88. What's the biggest home game for the Niners? Rams on Monday night? Oh, man. Buccaneers? Um, I mean, Rams is a big one. In prime time, that is a big one. I Let me pull up. I have their schedule on my as my desktop background. The game we're going to is a big one. That is a big one. Yeah, yeah I would say that that's a big one. I would say Chiefs Chargers November 13th in primetime is a big one. Yeah. Um Chiefs is also a big one. I think but I, I think that because of how how late it is in the season, I'm going to go with with Tampa Bay because that's another playoff team. It really in week 14, you're coming down to those last little playoff spots. We're going to know yeah. real quickly. The Rams game is an important game early. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I think that, you know, it's definitely one of those. Uh, it's definitely one of those where later in the season, as you see the playoff, the playoffs start to take shape, you you figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Niners play the Rams. What is it? Week four and like week seven or something like that. Week, week eight. So pretty early on first half of the season, you've already played both of your games against yeah. the Rams. So. Um, like you said, that is a good good explanation. Those playoff games or those games have playoff seating, playoff implications. Buccaneers. Um, I, I guess out of the last six, I was going to say the Seahawks, but that's not really a, a fun game anymore. Shouldn't be. Um, Dolphins and the Dolphins come to town. That will be interesting, just because we get to see Mike McDaniel, uh, a lot of ex Forty Niners. So, right, got Week Fourteen circled on my calendar. Is that the the Bucks yeah. game, Week Fourteen? Week 14 is the Bucks game, yeah. Matt and I and Mike will be at that game. So if you guys are going, come say what's up. Yes, sir. Yep. Rams rivalry producing good games. The 49ers, we talked about this last year, Matt. Like five of the top 10 games last year involved the 49ers, if I remember correctly. So they just play these excruciatingly tough games, which are great when you're watching after and you already know the Niners won. But during the game, oh, man. Your chest. I mean, I'm just looking back on that Green yeah. Bay game, the anxiety and just the pressure watching that game was tough. 
We're sweeping the capitals. Have you noticed um, the, I don't know if it's spin, but it's interesting to see the media now is basically in agreement that the Cardinals will finish third overall in the NFC West. Have you noticed that? Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, um, a lot of the big media is doing that. I saw Cowherd's thing today. He switched them. And I mean, you're looking at, you know, you're looking at DeAndre Hopkins being out for six games. You're looking at all of the noise that went on through the offseason. I still think that, you know, Cliff Kingsbury is is not a good head coach. Yeah. Uh, I just don't I just don't see it. I just don't see the talent on that team. And if your only question mark for the 49ers is Trey Lance, I mean, they, there's enough around. If you stack it roster for roster, the 49ers are just better. Yeah. So. I mean, even if Trey Lance performs below average, the 49ers, I agree, still have a better roster, still have a better coach, still have a better defense. I It's tough for me to see the, the Cardinals comparing with the 49ers this year, um, which is crazy because I went to the game last year where – Colt McCoy and James Conner and their wide receiver three and four completely wrecked the Niners, but that's in the past. All right. Uh, Jesse Valerio Texans over 49ers TNF go Texans, bro. We'll see. All right. Excuse me. Anything else you wanted to touch on this for this Thursday night's matchup, Matt? Um, I just, I'm interested to see the backup quarterback battle. It looks like Brock Purdy's been making a lot of strides in comparison to um, Nate Sudfeld. And it's interesting because Nate Sudfeld has the the guaranteed contract that people think will keep him on the team, but it's two million bucks, man. They'll cut him in a second if if they think that Purdy is better. Purdy's looked Purdy. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What I would say is that he's probably going to end up on the practice squad. Purdy will. Um, I think he'll clear waivers and make it to the practice squad, but we'll see. We'll see. I again, there's a reason why he was Mister Irrelevant. You know what I mean? Yeah. I um last week or two weeks ago, I guess now, and then last week, I I thought it was really cool that um I guess it was all last week. First game. Sorry, I'm all jumbled up my head. That they made it a point to say how Trey Lance was the one who went and got the game ball for the their first touchdowns Brock Purdy and I think it was Danny Gray as well I'm for I'm forgetting off the top of my head um who the other rookie was that said oh yeah Trey Lance was the one who went and got me the the, the actual football for my first touchdown not a lot of people would probably expect that from your star you know young quarterback but I think it just goes to show the type of person Trey Lance is and why the 49ers selected him um, but it is yeah. interesting to see if the 49ers are really going to have a, a quarterback two battle between Nate Sudfeld and Brock Purdy. Sudfeld's looks solid as well. I would not be mad if the 49ers went into the season with Sudfeld as the two. Um, I've seen people suggest that they should carry three. What do you think, Matt? There's no way they're going to carry three quarterbacks again, right? I, no, no, no. They're not going to carry three. I don't think yeah. so. Yeah. Even though they did that one time, that was that was tough. Yeah. Um, uh, DJ Malone, considering we'll more than likely play them in the playoffs, will week 14 be a test for us? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, again, they're just one season removed from being the Super Bowl champs. They made it to the, I think they got ousted in the divisional round last mm-hmm. year. I think the Rams beat them in the divisional. Insane um, game. But they're just, yeah, they're just right there. They're just right there. They're always lurking. 
So I, I never bet against Tom, against Tom Brady. Tom Brady, again, I feel like wanted to come here, and we said no. I think that that sticks into his craw. So it's definitely going to be a situation where, you know, where we're looking at that yeah. um, as a real test for, for the playoffs. And it's going to be a good pressure situation for Trey Lance. I mean, every great quarterback that he's going to go against this year is going to be a, a good test for him. And I will say, though, the Bucks. hopefully they have enough offensive linemen even healthy by then because their offensive linemen are dropping like yeah. flies. It is insane. I mean, knock on wood. Yeah, DJ Malone says it here, and they're losing offensive linemen to injury. It's been like one after another. Tom Brady had this extended absence from the team, and you know people are joking that by the time he gets back, he's going to retire again because that offensive line cannot be solid. Alex says it was Danny Gray. Thank you. So Danny Gray and Brock Purdy, Trey Lance made it a point to go and get them their first touchdown footballs. Um, just speaks to his character. Brady likes to show up the doubters. He definitely does. Did you see the report? I think it was from Dana White that Tom yeah, Brady that he and Gronk tried to orchestrate a trade. Yeah. To the Raiders. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And that it was all basically done. And John Gruden, of all people, said no. Just. Yeah, that's interesting. That's <laughs> wild. Yeah, I, I can't believe that. I mean, I believe that was when they were still in Oakland, right? So yeah. I know he wanted to be local to his parents would make sense. Um, was that when they were still in Oakland? It would have been, what, three years ago now? So yeah. I think so. No, because they played. No, Tom's first year in Tampa was the empty stadiums. You're right. Was, you're right. Okay. COVID. So that, first year in uh, Vegas. Yeah. So Allegiant was open at that yeah. point. Okay. Well, still closer than Tampa or New England. Um, excited to see the running backs. Excited to see if Trey Sermon could make a name for himself finally this final preseason game before we get into these tough decisions. Um, whether right. or not Jordan Mason will continue to impress. Um, I'm excited to hear that Elijah Mitchell will be back by week one. I'm just thinking of what else can we expect for Thursday night defensively, the cornerbacks, like I said, to Sean Gibson, the newest 49er, see how he can perform because he'll likely get the some starting reps with Jimmy Ward out. Um, or do you think that that sticks with Traverius Moore or George Odom? Um, man, I'm excited for Traverius Ward. I think he's yeah. going to do great things. I mean, that's got to be the obvious answer, right? Charizard. Everybody wants that OG Charizard. Yeah. All right, guys. With that said, I think we're going to wrap things up. But first, we have to thank our sponsors. And we got some new cool graphics. Where's the stamp? We'll do the stamp first then. Yes. You can now buy gold for as little as $50 a month, guys. Click the link in the description and start buying gold today. You no longer have to fork out hundreds of dollars to get your gold. Matt calls it a stamp because it's little. You get two and a half grams discreetly sent to you in the mail. Shout out to Acre Gold for sponsoring the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. Click the link in the description. Start buying gold for as little as $50 a month with inflation being at record highs. Put your money in something that holds its value like precious metals. Again, link in the description. Acre Gold for as little as $50 a month. Jump on it now because it's going to go up. Next, we have to shout out the 49ers legend, Terrell Owens. 
81vino.com. Use promo code HIGH for 10% off your entire purchase. The 49ers, great, has made his name in the football business, obviously, but now he is venturing into the wine industry. Check out 81 by Terrell Owens, 81vino.com. Promo code HIVE, free shipping on two or more bottles and 10% off your entire purchase. Shout out to 81vino and Terrell Owens. And last but not least, we have this lovely book behind me, Sports Illustrated, the San Francisco 49ers at 75. Click the link in the description. You could save 30% off your entire purchase using promo code 49ers30. It's got the entire history of the 49ers pictures articles it's hard for me to flip through this so you guys can see but it really is it's amazing um and it's hard hard cover as well so you're not getting some cheap little book sports illustrated san francisco 49ers at 75 again promo code 49ers 30 shout out to all of our sponsors go support them guys because they support us matt any final words you want to get in here before we wrap well, yeah, up? Yeah, we didn't we didn't do our our traditional. I mean, I know it's not a regular season game. Oh, we do our predictions. We got to do our predictions. Come on now, if somebody we're back, gets the baby. Score, yeah, we are back. Also, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a very long time. Saturday night when Dion and I were on, we were talking about the return of Victory Monday suits. I'm so excited to bring those back every Monday. If the 49ers win. Your boy will be in a red tie with a gold tie clip. So expect that. Follow our Twitter to see that. Unless it's unless they play Monday night and win, then it'll be Victory Tuesday. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, this last week was actually a Victory Tuesday a week ago because I was in the office on Monday. With all that said, predictions. Yeah. Yes. So let's do, um, because it's preseason, let's just do an offensive standout player, a defensive standout player, and then final score. Okay. All right. Uh, offensive standout player for me. I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk. And I think the, you know, he's had a f- tremendous offseason by all the reports, developed that chemistry with Trey Lance. We haven't seen him all preseason yet. He's going to play hopefully a full half. And I think we're going to see that chemistry in action Thursday night against the Texans. And I'm going to say Brandon Ayuk. And I'll, I'll throw a little extra. I'm going to say he's going to have four catches for 110 yards and a touchdown. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, the obvious answer to go with is Trey Lance because, like, even with their starters out there, the Texans are going to be probably one of the worst teams in the league this year. But I'm going to go with Danny Gray. I think that Danny Gray catches two deep touchdowns this week from Trey Lance. Um, I'm going to say he has three catches for 120 and two touchdowns. You know, it would have been tough for us to pick wide receivers last year just because of Jimmy Garoppolo, but right, we can confidently do it this year, and uh, I love right. it. All right, uh, on defense, I'm going to stick with my guy, Drake Jackson. I think he's going to ball out. I think he's going to have a sack and a forced fumble. Um, he, he's gotten better each week. The first week, he kind of had to leave early with that shoulder stinger. Yeah. Last week, he played the whole game or most of the game and looked very, very good. I think he's going to continue to impress, and the rookie looks great. There you go. I mean, listen, we knew what it was last year. We know what it is this year. Every time the 49ers play, if this man is playing until it happens, Nick Bosa, three sacks and a forced fumble. You knew it was coming. It's still here. It's going to happen. I'm going to speak it into existence. So for me, Nick Bosa, I, and even if he doesn't get all, obviously he's not going to play long enough to get those numbers unless, I mean, the Texans are really bad, but I just want to see a couple of reps from him. So it, it's going to be exciting to see him back out there. Yeah, I agree, man. All right. Off. Oh, no, no. We already did offense. Final score prediction. 
Final score, I mean, this should be a, a little bit of a cakewalk in the first half. Um, the 49ers just have better frontline talent, um, and the depth is better. So I'm going to say the 49ers win 24 to 10. I also have 49ers 27 to 13. Similar score. Okay. Um, last preseason game, guys, we have officially yeah. made it through the offseason. Football is back. You know where to find us here at the Red and Gold Center podcast. We will be bringing you guys two shows a week, a preview show and a recap show. Preview shows usually towards the end of the week, depending on when the Niners play. Recap show is immediately after Kyle Shanahan's press conference after the game. So come check us out here. Hit like, hit subscribe if you haven't. We've had an influx of new subscribers recently, so we really do appreciate you guys. And we'll be doing a giveaway soon, actually on our Twitter at RGSPod, as in podcast. Once we reach 1,000, we're close. We're going to be doing a giveaway there. So go shout out, go follow us on Twitter at RGSPod. You want to wrap things up, Matt? Absolutely. Thank you, as always, for joining us. Uh, maybe a little bit rusty today, maybe a little bit dusty. Uh, we, we, you know, brushed ourselves off. We're going to be bringing the heat for the rest of the season. So thank you, as always, for joining us. We love having you here. And until next time, go Niners. Go Niners.